A family of eight was found deceased in a house fire in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Authorities are calling the incident a murder-suicide, implicating the parents, Brian and Brittany Nelson. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. everybody and welcome to the true crime squad i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in all things crime katie weaver hey katie hello how's it going it's going well yeah you've been refereeing a little bit i heard oh my god yeah <laughs> you know <coughs> kids were little you know you have all of the stuff you know the diapers the Crying, the mm-hmm. crying, <laughs> you know, the breastfeeding, and then the crying, and then uh-huh. also, yes, also the crying, uh, you know. But somebody told me one time, well, you know, as your kids get older, that the bigger the kids, the bigger the problems, and that's true. And not that my kids are even problematic, except for that it is a very grouchy day. I don't know. It well, is. we're recording Tuesday night for our Wednesday episode, but Tuesday has been a very grouchy day, mm-hmm. and not just on my plate, but just everywhere. And yeah, I'm, I'm checked out. (laughs) Mom off duty. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. You've clocked out. Yes. Off the clock. Good call. Good call. Well, we have a doozy for you today and have a pretty specific reason for covering it because it is not always the kind of case we cover, but Mm -hmm. um, anyway, we'll get to that. But before Mm -hmm. we get there, I know that but Katie. Wait, before mm, that, oh, case updates tonight are going to be nuts. Oh yes, that is true. There's so much bad behavior in court right now that I don't even know what to say. But I'm going to bring some of it to you because, well, I'm astonished, and you should be too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Be sure you come to case updates tonight because, good lord. It is, mm-hmm. there is some, st- something in the water. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I think it's just carrying through with this grouchy Tuesday, right? There's been yes. a lot of grouchy days lately. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you do have a DNA for the win for us. I really do. So this is about yet another case that was solved by familial DNA. This time, the perp is alive. Well, that's good news. And has pled guilty. So good stuff. But I was uh, intrigued and kind of entertained about how uh, his DNA was uh, gathered. So I had to dig a little further into the story. And I thought you guys would find it interesting, too. Mm -hmm. So this is Giovanni Borges. Okay. 
This is also Michelle Lozano and Brianne Guzman. Okay. Michelle Lozano was 17. She was murdered in 2011. And she disappeared from across the street from her high school. And then the next day, her body was found by a homeless person. It was in some kind of like a big plastic tote and wrapped in several layers of plastic. She had been strangled and she had been uh, violently sexually assaulted. Oh, God. Uh, Right at the very end of 2011... Uh, the other victim who, sorry, my, I keep having pop-ups come up, throwing me off. Uh, Brianna Guzman, Brianna Mm -hmm. Guzman, uh, also vanished. She was 22. She vanished as well and wasn't found for a month. And her body Mm -hmm. was found along the side of a freeway in California. Mm -hmm. Um, her cause of death was, uh, unspecified trauma to the throat she also had been very violently sexually assaulted mm. and there were no leads for a long time. The police just did not know there was DNA at the scene though, that they had gathered and hung on mm-hmm. to, but they didn't have any hits on it for quite a while. Okay. And they also didn't know that these cases were associated for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure why, because the cause of deaths were, I mean, it was all real similar, but I'm not so Mm -hmm. sure that it wasn't in a different county. No, it was in the same county, I think. Anyway, whatever. But they Mm -hmm. didn't seem to associate them for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, Finally, they did tie them together and decide that maybe there was one perp that was in charge of both of these. Mm -hmm. Well, they finally decided in 2017 to do the familial DNA, Mm -hmm. which, you know, as we know, that is solving old murder cases right and left these days. It is the absolute hero of forensic science right now. Mm -hmm. It was a controversial and an expensive decision on the part of the police officers, on the part of the chief who decided to do it and full send that at the time. This is one of the problems with familiar with the DNA work is that it's very expensive. Yeah. And these departments just don't have a budget for it. I mean, we're talking Mm -hmm. about, didn't we, uh, I believe we learned at one point that, the lowest ball amount for these would be $5,000. Yeah. Yeah. And up. Cause they're quite labor intensive. Like these yeah. genealogy expert DNA people, like it takes a really a long, very time. long time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's yeah. getting faster. I think they're getting better at it, but yeah, it's. Yeah. Really and there's just more DNA entering into the system all the time. And that makes right. a difference too, that they have something to work with, you know, Anyway, so to make a longer story short, they finally were able to track back uh, Giovanni Borja's father, who had been charged with a sex crime earlier in his life. Mm. And from him, they moved back to guess who, who was living in that same town and in that area. Mm -hmm. So they put a couple of detectives on him and they were just watching him. And they watched him spit on the sidewalk. Uh, Hard yick. But after he walked away, they ran over (laughs) and gathered that evidence. And lo and behold, it determined him as the perp. Um, Mm. You know, of course, uh, initially he pled not guilty. And they've drugged this out for quite a while. Well, he has finally just pled guilty on all counts. 
So two counts of first degree murder, as well as kidnapping, forcible rape. I mean, there's so many charges against him. The only challenge is that the prosecutor initially had promised the family that they would be seeking the death penalty. And they've changed gears on that because they made a political pledge to do away with the death penalty in their county. So now they're not seeking the death penalty and the families are very angry about that. Um, That's, that's a whole other conversation. I think the whole death penalty conversation, but that's probably the only snafu. I'm just so grateful for the families that, uh, I mean, these happened in 2011, so it has been more mm-hmm. than a decade, but they're finally solved, but, yeah. or, or, well, finally convicted. It was solved a few years ago, but mm-hmm. at any rate, uh, and he's alive to prosecute because how many times have we seen these cases the last few years where the perpetrator has died a long time ago? Yeah. So I'm glad that he's here to stand accountable for what he did to both of these sweet girls. It's, it's a right. horrible crime. It is horrifying to think how many of these... Uh, predators have mm. died with no consequence for yeah. committing multiple murders and rapes and stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, to think that they died having gotten away with it is awful. It is awful. So I was grateful in this case that that isn't the case and mm-hmm. that he finally pled guilty so that the families don't have to go through any more of this. Right. Yeah. That so. Is- there you have it. DNA for the win again. Nice. Well, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for our main case. Yes. All right. Well, this case is horrendously sad, but there's a reason why we need to talk about it. So this is coming out of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Last week, There was a house fire in Broken Arrow, and what they found um, in the house was six children and their two parents deceased in the house. Mm. Started out looking like a horrible tragedy. Yeah. And then continued to look like an even more horrible tragedy. So let me tell you what happened on that day. It was last Thursday. Um, so right near the end of October, 2020. Um, so Brian Nelson called his parents and asked if he could bring the kids over for a while, drop them off for a visit so that he and his wife could have some time. That was a pretty common thing that they did a lot. Um, grandparents helped a lot Mm -hmm. and were between the ages of one and 13, six kids. Mm -hmm. And they said they'd be over at 5 PM. They never showed up at 5 p.m. And then they never showed up at 6 p.m. And the grandparents have been trying to call. There was no answer. Grandparents only lived about five miles from the Nelson family. Oh, wow. Um, Then they turned on the news, the six o'clock news, to see that there was a terrible house fire. And they leave the cross streets of the house fire. And that is exactly where their son and his family lived. Oh, said that he just felt like he needed to get in the car and get there and so he did mm-hmm. and you know here we have this terrible tragedy they're all dead oh my god these poor oh. people 
Right. The poor, these poor grandparents are absolutely destroyed over this because oh. they've lived five miles from the grandkids. You know, they yeah. help babysit them. They're with them all the time. Like this is a six kids, six children and their son and their son. Oh my God. So the police at first weren't saying much and they didn't release the names of the victims. And then this week they have come forward to say they don't have completed autopsies yet, but what they do know is that not a single person who perished that day died from smoke inhalation or burns. They were all dead before the fire got to them. Mm-hmm. And they have now implicated Brian and his wife, Brittany, in a, mur- in a murder-suicide. So oh it does God. sound like because there there were firearms taken from the mm-hmm. house. It, it sounds like likely what happened is that the children were shot. They set the 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 fire started in the room where the children's bodies were. Mm-hmm. They set that room on fire. They moved to the front of the house and they either shot themselves or shot each other. Is what it's looking like, and and those mm-hmm. details may change some, but that's pretty mm-hmm. much what it's looking like. Oh my God. And so, of course, these poor grandparents are absolutely horrified. The community, the neighbors, everybody is just sick. Well, the reason I wanted to talk about this is what they're uncovering in Brian and Brittany's life. Brian, many years ago, had a fall while working in a grocery store in in the dairy department and had a very severe concussion from that fall. So he's been living with a brain injury since then Mm -hmm. and a brain injury that brings on migraine headaches that are absolutely excruciatingly painful and there's not really anything that can be done about it. According to them, I would bet finding the right doctor, having a lifetime of migraines myself, Mm -hmm. that they probably, there probably was, but this family was really limited financially. They had very limited resources. Yeah. Yeah. Both fam- both parents had been out of work since 2020. They actually took out mm-hmm. bankruptcy in 2020. Um, they were basically living on state assistance with six children. Oh, boy. Um, because Brittany had not ever worked since her kids were born. Because Sure. Six kids. Six kids. Yeah. Um, and. Daycare for six kids would be more than imagine? they both make. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the reality in this economy of trying to take care of six children mm-hmm. um, financially, I cannot imagine. Mm-hmm. It was really difficult for him to work. Mm-hmm. These headaches. I mean, how do you work when you can be struck by one of those at any time? Yeah. You know, and so it's just it's horrifying. It's horrifying that they got to the point that they saw this as their only way out. I mean, yeah. parents definitely helped in every way that they could financially, watching kids. Sure. Very involved. But um, but there's still a limit to what. Limit. I mean, know. they still have to, you know, support their own household, too. Brian and um, Brittany were in, deeply in debt, and they just appear to not have seen any way out of this situation, but to take their children and go, literally. And then oh, try make it look like a house fire probably probably to save brian's parents yeah having to go through this Mm -hmm. not knowing that it would be 
easily, it's easy to tell. Yeah. You know, if you don't have any smoke in your yeah, lungs but... in a fire, you didn't die from the fire. Right. But that tells you how desperate the mindset was, mm-hmm. you know, that there was yes. any belief in them that this would fly. Well, and there's a lot of question around, was this planned or was this just spontaneous because they made the plans to drop the kids off at the grandparents? Why would they do that if they'd made a plan, you know? Right. And so maybe something really brought things to a head and we just don't know what that is yet. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information yet to come. Mm-hmm. But I think that we have to recognize the stress people are under financially right now. Yeah. And the difficulties that people are facing. And you look at this couple mm-hmm. and I mean, I mean, I don't cond- condone what they did, but I do empathize with the kind of stress they were under at the time. And they literally Absolutely. didn't know how they could possibly support these children. And keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. So it's a reminder to pay close attention to your loved ones Mm -hmm. and people that you know are struggling. I think it's important to know that if you know someone is struggling, then they're struggling a lot more than you know. Like if they've let slip something, there's way more things. I think that's generally true of most people, you know, Mm -hmm. and just, you know, being aware of local resources and helping people. He could have had so much better help. But, who, you know, if he didn't have the right insurance and he didn't have the money to go to doctors and there was likely a solution of some sort for him. Mm-hmm. For these, but it just just basically ruined his life when that accident happened. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know, just the whole thing is really sad. Brittany, her parents both died when she was growing up. She was oh. raised by relatives. She just never really had a lot of family. And so this was her family. She made her family Mm -hmm. and then had, you know, a very close relationship with her in-laws and she just didn't have anything to fall back on. And the in-laws were helping as much as they absolutely could. Sure. You know, and you know, they say that they're stunned that they had no idea that Mm -hmm. it had come to this point. Mm -hmm. We know that they owned nine guns because Mm -hmm. They had to do an inventory of their assets when they took out bankruptcy and several of their assets were actually guns. So they had Mm -hmm. nine guns in the house. We know there were firearms um, present at the scene where this Mm -hmm. occurred. So we don't know totally the whole story yet. And they are talking like it is both parents. They're including both of them. This isn't like a single parent, an individual parent who did this and killed their spouse and then themselves. It's more like, right was a plan together Mm -hmm. i'm sure more information will come forward um over time i I think there needs to be a deep dive into what were they reading what were they watching yeah what were they listening to that may have contributed to taking them down the path that this was the only solution right right yeah somewhere they were so hopeless. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe potentially fearful, you yeah. know, fearful of the future, fearful mm-hmm. of, of what else is to come. I'd also be interested to know, like, what wolves were like currently at the door, you know, right. were they just about to get their power shut off, their phone, their whatever, you know, what, what was so pending mm-hmm. that they went, 
there's just no way for us to financially recover from this. You know? Right. And, and was it that or was it getting sucked into these apocalyptic beliefs? Right. That's and, you know, my biggest worry. Is that it's that's not really like where it's at. Is it, me too. I'm worried about that, particularly because, you know, there have been some other murder suicides in the last couple of years with parents mm-hmm. taking children with them rather than leaving them to live in this hor- horrific world and mm-hmm. believing a lot of wild conspiracy theories. And, really scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So this story is horrific and sad. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's a little wake up for all of us that we need to be aware of the people around us. And I always think it's a good idea to just know what the resources are in your community, even if you don't ever need to access them. Yeah. If you know what they are and can guide somebody a little bit toward where to go mm-hmm. to get some help, you know, I, I always think that's yeah. powerful. Yes. And that might be easy for me to say, because I'm a social worker and I know what's available in my community. Um, but you know, a little Google search, a couple of phone calls, you can figure it out Yeah. so that you, you know, can assist people. But this level of desperation is, is it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely terrifying. It is very, very sad. So, so sad for this, the kids' schools and friends oh, and, friends and stuff. Yeah. neighborhood and like everyone who knew them. For this to happen, just they apparently really kept to themselves. Some of their neighbors didn't realize that they had six children. Really, wow. mom homeschooled them. Oh wow! Okay, and so they didn't even rec- realize that there were that many kids in that home. Wow. I think we have to get a little bit more familiar with our neighbors. Yeah, all of us. Yeah. And it doesn't mean we could have, you know, that someone could have prevented this. Because maybe not, but some awareness of how much they were struggling and, you know, maybe some other resources besides Brian's parents, because they were already helping so much. Yeah. Could have come into play here. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yes, most definitely on that. Well, gosh, I just really, really hate to hear that. That is a very sad story. But I, I but I will say this, too. I hope that they fully investigate what the hell was going on in their lives and that that is made public. Mm-hmm. I know that people need to hear these stories. The family, but people, yep, need to hear this, these stories. We need to understand what the heck is going on in people's heads when these things happen. Right. We need to understand where their thought process was, what they were hearing, thinking, believing. It's important. Mm-hmm. It is important. And if we have never experienced the kind of desperation that this family was experiencing. It's difficult often for people to empathize. And so, yeah, hearing the story, you know, some people may not realize it could ever get this bad. It makes me think about that dad in California a couple of years ago who took his two children to Mexico and murdered them, his two littles, because he believed that they had reptilian blood. From their they mother. had to die from their mother. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And this is part of all those really scary conspiracy theories out there mm-hmm. that people have bought into so heavily that, yeah, they mm-hmm. will literally kill their own children because yeah. of them. Yeah. Now, well, I hope this wasn't the case in this one, but it worries me. I do too. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that, you know, there's some possibility there. Something mm-hmm. brought this to a very yeah. desperate head and, and we don't know what that is. So, yeah. I hope, I hope, I hope you're right. 
that mm -hmm. we will know, you know, and I agree with you that people need to know these stories. Mm -hmm. They do. It's the only way to prevent them in the future is to understand why they're happening. And other people to be able to recognize when somebody is in serious trouble. Yep, for sure. And, you know, we can't always um, prevent things, but mm -hmm. sometimes we can if we just know, recognize, you know? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay. Well, that being said, Katie, I know you have a little WTF news for us. Lord, do I. This genius right here's name is Eloisa Fraga. Okay. And Eloisa was at a Halloween party with some family members mm -hmm. a couple of days ago and was playing with a gun, a handgun. Oh. As you don't do, you, you know. Definitely don't do, yeah. Just playing with a gun. And accidentally shot the gun. Well, the gun was shot directly at an 18-month-old baby that was sitting in a stroller. God. Now, miraculously, the baby had a cell phone in their hands. Oh. And the bullet hit the cell phone first, and then the whole operation hit the baby in the chest. Uh-huh. Well, Mom and Dad didn't want to have to admit what happened to the baby. Mm -hmm. So they went to the hospital with the baby and told the hospital that the cell phone exploded. The baby was playing with his cell phone and it exploded. And that's what this massive chest injury on the baby is from. Oh, my God. Well, yes, because cell phones staff, combust like that, sure. The hospital staff wasn't stupid AF mm -hmm. and knew that was wrong and that something else had obviously happened here. So they, of course, called the authorities, Good. who immediately moved in to do an investigation. Uh, the baby's going to be okay, thank God. Good. This could have been so much worse. Yeah. Uh, the cell phone, I'm guessing, saved this baby's life. But mm -hmm. they got involved, finally learned the real story, and that mm -hmm. these guys were essentially just covering for a, a family member to try to keep her out of trouble. You don't take your children that have been shot to the hospital and lie about what happened to them, for Christ's right. sake. I mean, how do you expect them to get the right medical care? Right. But anyway, um, she's been arrested now and charged with uh, a, a couple of things, you know, for being a mm -hmm. complete freaking idiot. And the baby's going to be okay. I'm sure there's, you know, <laughs> an open uh, investigation against now i don't know this but i'm assuming there's going to be some investigation against mom and dad too for probably at least some supervision lying, some supervision yeah. probably for a while to see if maybe they can make a little bit better decisions and also maybe not allow people to play with handguns in their house around their 18 month old baby maybe that... they weren't at their house they were at someone else's house oh still, still i mean if that was happening yeah. you should pick up your child and leave immediately like mm -hmm. just why would you take the risk mm -hmm. mm. yeah um, it reminded me a little of the gummies case last week yeah. of the woman whose little one ate a whole bunch of gummies and she didn't take them to the hospital until yeah. it was too late because she didn't want to admit it happened. Yeah, Guys, if something happens to your children or those freaking road raging dads in Florida that we reported on a couple of weeks ago yeah. that literally shot each other's children in their cars. 
Mm-hmm. And they never took those kids to the hospital until the police called the ambulance because they yeah. were too busy fighting each other. Yeah. Ridiculous. Come on. Do better. Good yeah. Lord. Anyway, that one just really got under my skin. Like, how? how? Well, I'm glad she's being consequenced because she needs I... to learn a real quick lesson here. Mm-hmm. You don't screw around with guns like that ever. She's 33 years old. Good God. She's not a teenager. She's not a young adult that maybe has some life lessons to learn. She mm-hmm. should have known better. Yeah, she surely should have. Wow. And honestly, in my best world, anyone who gets to have any proximity to a gun should know better. But obviously they don't. No, they don't. In states like Idaho, where you, anybody can carry. Mm-hmm. We open and carry. And, and, mm-hmm. You know, all, all this crap we have going on, you have lots of unexperienced people mm-hmm. you know i just well, think about just... like all of the lessons our dad taught us around guns mm-hmm. i mean we know what you do not do yeah you know because he made sure that we learned that but it, it's clear to me on a daily basis there are lots of people that don't know anything about guns yeah. and don't know anything about gun safety yeah totally they don't and they just get too casual about yeah. guns just yeah. way too casual about guns. And this is the kind of stuff that happens. So I'm glad that the baby's mm-hmm. going to be okay. But that is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. So there are three rather bewildering cases for you today. Mm-hmm. This is our Wednesday episode. We'll be back tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain uh, on YouTube and our face in our Facebook group for the Wednesday night case updates live stream. And as Katie said earlier in the show, it's going to be a doozy. There's a lot to talk about. So don't miss that because we update everything that, you know, it's too hard to do a new episode every time there's an update in the case. So we Mm -hmm. come all together every Wednesday night and you're all invited to join us. It's really a lot of fun. So yes, we back for that. We already have two other great episodes this week. If you want to check those out. And as always, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and comment because that helps us grow. For sure. Yeah, you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care.